إنك لا تهدي من أحببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء Assalamu alaikum talaiz John Fontaine just before we begin the podcast please make sure you click subscribe and also set your notifications and make sure you check out the earlier podcasts up to around 40 podcasts so far there's lots of podcasts there for you to benefit from make sure you check that out also if you can go to the John Fontaine YouTube channel as well click subscribe set your notifications and also enjoy the other videos there's a Thick of Love series, a series on Christianity, and other videos uh, regarding Dawah. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast by supporting us financially uh, with the equipment and the travel costs and the running costs, not just of the podcast, but also the other Dawah activities I'm involved in, please support on the Patreon account. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Bismillahir Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salam wa rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Young Smokes podcast. I'm here with Sheikh Al-Kasha Kamani again. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum wa salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing, Sheikh? Allahumma lakal hamd. Fi sihhatin wa afiyah. How's the tea? Wonderful. It had been na'analyzed with enough na'na'a. So it's beautiful and it's sweet. That's right. <laughs> you mentalize it. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> how are things going? Hope the family is great. Alhamdulillah. How's young smirks? Alhamdulillah. All good. Alhamdulillah. You've been kicking the work in. Alhamdulillah. I've seen. Uh, I've seen the work done. Alhamdulillah. May Allah preserve it. We continue to bless and accept it from us. The most important. Inshallah. So. What's cooking? Yeah, Sheikh, you know, alhamdulillah, a lot of people have been asking about different things. Mm. They would like to know more about you and, and different topics. Quran. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know this is something you, you shy away from. Um, you know, uh, you, you said I can ask whatever, so I have to, I can ask, <laughs> I might not get well, maybe, you know, you can even just, yeah, at least the people know what's going on. So, you know, you wanted to know a bit about your journey in, in, uh, in learning the Qur'an, your journey to the Qur'an. حمدت تعظيما وصليت سرمدا وسلمت تسليما على المختار مع صحبه الهدات إلى البر يا رب كلمي في ذا البادكاس سددا وكلمي في كل محنة داويا وسعي إليك إلهي أزلفا أما بعد You know It's always pleasure to be with you on Young Smirks man Alhamdulillah so uh, You're the original Smirk The original Young Smirk <laughs> So as so we usually say, you know, uh, welcome back to Young Smirks, you know, before the close, the close to the hearse, let's get some new and put some work in, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, historically, scholars of this deen, some of them had made their own tarjama, meaning they wrote their own life, journey, and bio how they acquired ilm, where they went, who they met, how long the transition from imam to another, from sheikh to another. Some have done that. Individuals like Al-Allama Suyut Rahimahullah and some other imams were the ones who put their bias based on what they've learned. And uh, personally I prefer you know, if there's any bio that must be done, uh, to be done by, you know, those, uh, those who had imparted this ilm uh, and, you know, pass it on of our scholars. Some of them are still alive, whether being in, uh, in Saudi, uh, in Egypt, in, uh, in Ghana, in, in Sudan, and other places. Uh, some of them are still alive and some of them, you know, intermittently they listen to what is being said. So 
uh, they will be the best to basically um, put uh, a bio and uh, my family and my companions, you know, the students that had been with me for a period of time. Uh, if they decide to do that, they can do so. But uh, personally, uh, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Shay, I've been trying to get this out of you for a while. Of course, we speak personally. Right. Um, and I totally understand. Um, you know, and maybe you can explain to you as why, you, you, you know, it's not something you want to really discuss. Uh, you know, there are certain things that I feel uncomfortable talking about or words that I'm not comfortable using. Of them, I, me, mine. I don't like these words. Personally, I like to attribute everything to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what he had done for his slaves, including myself. And in talking, I would like to say it's more of Allah's blessing and parents' support and brothers' support and scholars' support and our teachers than anything. That Allah facilitated the path and that Allah had made it so that those that we've taken from and that they taught us that some are still alive uh, like in Nahu Sheikh Muhammad Al-Amin, commonly known as Lamin, and in Adab like Sheikh Zainuddin, and uh, in Quran, Sheikh Muhammad Musa. And then um, you have so many since childhood until, you know, Allah brought us up uh, to get into the normal, you know, university type, university type of, you know, sitting to learn. But what impacted the most is sitting with the people of Ilm like they did before. Mm. So... You mean like in a traditional Like way? in a traditional way. Yeah. And I just discussed this with al Hirz student, uh, a bio of Imam al-Sakhawi rahimahullah alamuddin, um, whom Allah had blessed so much, born 557, some said 558 and passed away 6, you know, 43. Uh, this Imam was born in Sakha. At the age of 14, he learned from the Sheikh of the town and grabbed what he had. Sheikh Ibrahim Ishaq uh, Sakhawi from his own hometown. At 14, he left Sakha and he went to Alexandria. In Iskandaria, he learned from the sheikh of the place. He learned from Abi Tahir Silafi. He moved to Egypt. He learned from Abu Jayush. When they passed away, by the time they passed away, he, is already, he was already equipped as a scholar to learn and to teach. And he became the imam of uh, Masjid uh, Qarafa over there. Well-known imam, well-rooted, well-respected. But he heard that Imam al-Shatibi, Rahimahullah, Abu al-Qasim, Abu al-Qasim al-Ru'ayni al-Andalusiyya al-Shatibi had moved from Andalus to Egypt. When he heard that another heavyweight had arrived, he went to him and he began learning. He forgot the fact that he was already an Imam, which you will not find today. Today, if a person had already obtained his four years in college or in university, or six years from Islamic University, or maybe eight years, and becomes an Imam. That said, he's Imam. Sheikh al-Islam of the time, he doesn't listen to anyone. If people are giving lecture, he does not attend. He does not, even, even if they're sitting on a panel, and another um, somebody else is talking, he's busy with his phone, not paying attention. Why? Because most of us think like, oh, I already done mine. So you talk to the crowd, I'm not included. When it's time for him to talk, he's serious. When somebody else is not paying attention, this is the type of, you know, taghatrus uh, and kibur and also pride that gets into a person's system. If you do not get the blessings of the Imam sitting one-on-one -on -one to really observe them. So when Alamuddin as-Sakhawi realized that he's already an Imam, the country respect him. 
And now Ar-Ru'ayni Al-Andalusi Abu Al-Qasim Firru ibn Khalaf is in town. I'm a student all over again. He already transitioned from Imam to Imam, from Imam to another, and all of them passed away well-equipped, grounded, and well-cemented in knowledge. When he heard somebody above him in town, he went, and he became a student again, and still leading his own people. And when the Sheikh comes, he sits, and they see him sitting. Allah, it is the Sheikh al-Islam of the town. No, I'm the Sheikh al-Islam to you, but I'm a student to this guy. And then he learned again. And then when the Imam passed away, he transitioned, and he left Egypt, he went to Damascus. And he learned from Abil Yumn, you know, Zayd ibn al-Hassan al-Kindi rahimahullah. And this sheikh was a phenomenon. He started learning, he, uh, Abu al-Hassan, Abu al-Yumn, Zayd ibn al-Hassan al-Kindi, he learned Qiraat, which is regarded as by, you know, by many, the most sophisticated science. You know, by many it's regarded as, um, the most sophisticated science and also the most noble is the noblest science because it deals with kalamullah. Is there anything better than Allah's speech? So anything associated to that is regarded the best, right? So this Imam learned Qiraat and he learned the 10 Qiraat. He memorized all the riwayat by 7 by 10. He finished with all the Qiraat. Imam Al-Dhabi said, Hada amrul lam yusbaq it's something that has never been done before and nobody had done it before. So he went to this Imam and he learned again. After becoming an Imam, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, Rahmatan Wasi'ah. So that's how he'd been traveling from Shaykh to Shaykh to Shaykh to Shaykh until he became a walking encyclopedia. If you bring Compton Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica, Encyclopedia Catholicism, and all the encyclopedias of the world, including World Book, they will not even be a fraction or even 1% of this sheikh, academically. Yeah. He was already like the moon of ilm. He, the books he wrote, it may take you hours and hours to be able to write the, their titles, not to read them, their titles. It's almost like there's no field except the Imam had written a book, including logic, rhetoric. He wrote everything, rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala. So the way he learned, that's how his teachers learn. And that's how he passed it to his own students like, you know, uh, Imam Abu Shama al-Maqdisi rahimahullah. So uh, at the very beginning, this, uh, when we were in a regular school, you know, where you learn your academics and you learn your Islamics, you know, some of them realize that, you know, for some students, you just have to take them to that traditional way. Yeah. And some of them guided us. So they are still alive. Some of that that I mentioned, they will be able to speak much, but I can't do that. My family can do. I have... Uh, um, you know, our um, older brother is also our sheikh as well, Sheikh Muhammad Al-Awwal. He also learned, and, and um, we learned from him um, as well, um, as well as um, um, uh, Lieutenant Sharaf al-Din. Um, he's a lieutenant and um, Azhar graduate. You know, we did it um, together, but um, ahead um, of me. So they're still alive, and I believe um, whoever wants to know more can reach out to them. And uh, we have uh, Sheikh Abdul Razak Chambers, he's also um, around. And we have um, in Egypt, Dr. Ahmed Al-Mughrabi. He was actually a former professor in Medina University. And some of them still in Medina, some of them in Egypt, some in uh, Sudan. And if they are alive, um, they can talk much, but I can't do that. <laughs> so SubhanAllah, it's a, it's a, it's a very... Uh of course, the most important topic, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with the Quran, this is the, the preserved book of Allah. Now, yeah. You know, and um, I want to speak, we last podcast, long time ago, mm. we very, very briefly touched upon it. <coughs> I want to, maybe we can speak a bit about the miraculous preservation of this book. You know, because as we know, Allah has revealed many books before, but these books no longer exist. You know, the Quran is the final kitab, 
final book which Allah has revealed, the final constitution, universal constitution, as you mentioned, for the whole of mankind, right. not just for a particular people. Right. It's something that the whole of humanity can relate to. Indeed. Indeed. In all its details. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll share something with you. Um, you know, I was um, speaking to my mother the other day and I was, I was explaining one of my children they have a, a milk brother mm -hmm. you, you know right and I was explaining to my mother the concept of that mm -hmm. you know and she was very impressed subhanallah something you know you know subhanallah you know just the concept of subhanallah just a, a concept sister through milk just a concept you know the fact that maybe the mother can't feed their children you know, they've not always had the powdered milk in the shop, mm. <laughs> you know, for the majority yeah. of the, the time. That similar attack. Great solution. These mm. days you think, what? You let someone else feed your child. Mm. But when you actually think about these small things, you know, different things really, people, different people relate to different parts of the Quran, different parts of Islam. And uh, it, for me, you know, for me it was the Sharia. You know, every time I tried to challenge it, to, to show how barbaric it was, mm -hmm. Muslims had an answer for me. Mm. <laughs> you know, because every deen, every Sharia you put it against, mm. it just blows it out of the window. Mm. Mm. You know, when you look at the entirety of it. No. So, no. and of course the Quran is mm. the basis of that. Mm. And also, the pre preserved uh, sunnah and the hadith which are preserved as well mm. the authentic hadith so while you're here I know this is your like speciality topic and there's a lot of talking you know from different people nowadays a lot of doubts being cast upon the Quran and mm. the preservation <coughs> of the Quran so I thought I would pick your brains about this topic you know, maybe you can enlighten us now to a bit more about the preservation of this religion Alhamdulillah, When it comes to the uh, preservation of Kalamullah, the speech of Allah, Subhanahu Jalla Jalalu, uh, it is clearly stated in 59, you know, QN 59, the precept of Quran in Surah Al Hijr. The Creator Subhanahu Jalla Qudratuhu said, Inna Nahnu Nazzalna Dhikra. Indeed, inna, we, Allah is referring to himself as we, you know, magnifying himself. We've revealed this book. It is we who had revealed this book. And it is upon us to preserve the book. And the book is preserved by Allah. That which is preserved by Allah, who can actually doubt it? If you doubt it and you try to cast doubt in people's mind, a day will come, you will go. Once you hit your grave, all what you've casted in people's mind will go along with you and Quran will remain speaking. Because like you just mentioned, people are casting doubts nowadays in people's mind regarding Quran when it comes to whether it's preserved or not. I've mentioned this in one of uh, my books, you know, Quran Demystified. So, it's not, it's not a new thing. The first, first thing I would like to say, people should know that casting doubts when it comes to Quran in people's mind, this is not something new. This did not originate yesterday. This did not get here yesterday. It's something that had happened long ago. So, if a person comes, and people who actually began that, they were educated. And that's why you see books about Aqidah. There's no book of Aqidah ever written except you will see they mention Quran and our beliefs regarding Quran. You know, So when it comes to Quran, we have different groups and their beliefs. 
However, if you try to understand Quran based on your own intelligence and based on your own prudence and wisdom without returning back to Quran itself, that is the beginning of your misguidance. You can't understand Quran without it. The only way to understand Quran is to understand it through its own verse, through its own verses. On the top of that, understanding it through a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and you've touched on both. You've touched on the preservation of Quran and the preservation of the Sunnah, which we will begin with Quran and we will transition to Sunnah insha'Allah ta'ala, right here on Young Smirks. Inshallah ta'ala. And whoever wants to learn, that's up to him. You know, so Quran, what people are saying concerning Quran, this is not a new thing. And you can see something about Quran and still have books. For a person to say, what I'm saying is not a new thing. It's something that had been said before. And there are books written and scholars who had said, yeah, that's true. That's true. Books, you can reference and the books are there. But the point is, being a scholar does not mean you memorize proofs. How well you understand the proofs that you've memorized is what, make, uh, what makes an individual unique. You see? Understanding of what you know is what makes you a scholar. If not, everybody can grab a book and memorize. You feel me? And that's why Allah talks about fiqh. So it's about fiqh, it's about understanding, not just memorizing. And often it is said if you memorize adilla, proofs and textual evidences without understanding them, you yourself will be lost, let alone those that you will be talking to. And that's why Imam Abu Ishaq al-Shatibi, other than the Shatibi we just talked about, that's another Imam al-Shatibi, the author of Muwafaqat, he said, he who has taken his books as his shaykh, his mistakes will be more than his own sawab. What is sawab? Well, sawab means right. So he will make more mistakes than getting things right. Why? Because he only reads, does not return back to the people of the field to learn and explain it to him or explain it to them. So the first thing we would like to talk about is the verse, the ninth verse of the 15th chapter of Surah Al-Hijr. Allah revealed the book and he said he will preserve it. So imagine, if you look, is there any birth certificate for the creator of the universe and, and, uh, and the cosmos altogether? You can't even find birth certificate for the creator of the universe, the one who revealed Quran. And if you go to your own, like to your, the hospital where a person was born, it, uh, okay, I lost my birth certificate. Can you print new one? They say, okay, we send it to you in the mail. How old? Maybe 100, max 100 years. So a person just to get here yesterday and try to challenge that which had been revealed centuries ago by the creator of the universe and earth, that person is, is people should even laugh when the person tries to challenge the authority of Allah. So that's one thing. The second thing, when it comes to Quran, Kalam Allah, being the speech of Allah, and not being the first time ever this book being revealed, and the first time ever this big, like you mentioned earlier, there are books that were revealed before Quran, and they are still around, but they are distorted. People change some things in them, and they are not intact like Quran. Many books, but they are not preserved like Quran. They're there. People read them. Even um, our third president, the first, the first Secretary of State, the second, the first Secretary of State, the first Secretary of State, the second Vice President, and the third President of the United States, you know, Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, he had a copy of Quran. And he had a copy of, um, of the Bible. He was able to alter and change and pick and choose verses from the Bible that he believed. These are the words of Jesus, the anointed prophet of Galilee. 
and he named that his own preference. And nowadays, if you go to different libraries, you can pick that, or you can even buy on Amazon. It is called the Jeffersonian Bible. But he did not succeed and was unable to do that with Quran. And he had a copy of that. You know, all men are created equal. Where did he get that from to include that in our own, you know, constitution or even, uh, you know, um, what do you call it? When he wrote the uh, constitution and he also wrote, you know, of course, with the help of others. You feel me? Yeah. So all what he wrote, and when it comes to the um, preserved scripture of this um, kalam, this speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nobody will succeed in altering it. So let me give you an example of those who had tried before, educated, government, people of authority, heads of state, umara, Khulafa, governors, mayors, senators, they all tried to cast doubt. They did not succeed. So you think someone in 21st century will succeed? It's just a bubble. It is reported that Ishaq ibn Ibrahim, one of the scholars of Hadith, he reported that when Ma'moon traveled to to Dimashq. Ma'moon was Abdullah ibn Harun. Harun al-Rashid. Commonly known as Al-Ma'moon. He was the seventh Khalifa of Banil Abbas, Abbas dynasty. He was the seventh Khalifa. He traveled. As a Khalifa, he traveled. And he had the authority to say whatever he wants. So when he went to Asham, when he, when he went to Sham, they told him, if you really want to meet the most educated person, it's Abu Mushir, Abdul A'la Asuli. If you want to meet the most educated, sophisticated imam and scholar, you have to meet Abu Mushir, Abdul A'la Asuli. He was one of the imams that Imam Muslim reported hadith from and many other scholars of hadith. So he said, okay, call him. He's the Khalifa. So they called him. Abu, uh, Abu Musir came. The Khalifa asked him, Al Ma'moon, he asked him, Al Ma'moon is a Muslim, right? And Khalifa, and has authority and power to jail people, kill them. He asked the Imam, he asked Abu Musir, What do you say concerning the Quran? What are your views regarding the Quran? He said, Aqulu kama qala Allah. The same thing that is in the book of Allah, as Allah said it, that's my preference. And that's why when a person begins to speak as a Muslim, we do not say my personal opinion or my personal. No, everything that is in Quran and in Sunnah and is in Islam, that's our personal thing. So whatever is in Quran, that's my personal business. So I do not speak personally and say this is what I see. Or sometimes people ask, okay, what is the Islam, or what is the, you know, view of Islam regarding this or that? Islam doesn't have views. Islam has precepts, constitutions, and laws, and they are regulated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's not like, okay, this is Islamic views, and these are our views. No, you can have your views, but what Quran says, it's a law. Either you follow or you don't. If you follow, you will be requited. If you deny, a day will come, you will pay the price. So he asked them, imagine, we're not talking about regular people here now. We're not talking about YouTubers or you Buddhists. We ain't talking about people of um, chit-chatting. We ain't talking about the people of, you know, um, you know WhatsApp group. We're talking about Khalifa in charge of the world of Islam or Muslims, speaking to the most educated. He asked him, what do you say about Quran? I say what Allah said. So a person who wants to speak about Quran, and he begins to bring about scholars, this scholar that said before he mentions what Allah said, he himself in trouble. If I begin to speak about Quran and I try to bring somebody else, before Allah, that's insanity. This is book. What did he say first? 
before I can quote somebody else, before I even quote the Prophet, let me see what the one who revealed the Quran unto him said. Because the Quran is not his book. That's why in Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in 619, Surah Al-An'am, the 19th chapter, the 19th verse, Almighty says, وَأُوحِيَ إِلَيَّ هَذَا الْقُرْآنُ لِأُنذِرَكُمْ بِهِ وَمَنْ بَلَغْ Tell the Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this Quran had been revealed unto me. Unto me. That's not his book. Allah gave it to him through inspiration. And Allah asked him, this is what you should use to warn people. When you begin to speak, that's your source of what? Evidence. That's where you pull out fihi yajulul alimur rabbani or yasulul alimur rabbani as Imam al-Qahtani al-Allama said in his poetry. That the first thing, what Allah himself said about Quran should be the first thing that I bring to the table. You see? So he said, what Allah said is what I say. That's my personal thing. And then the Khalifa looked at him because so many scholars were killed because of this. So Khalifa is asking him and he is talking about, I say exactly what Allah says. The Khalifa Al-Ma'mun looked at him like, you son of um, something, you know the rest. Because he's angry. People get killed and I'm asking you, you, you like, you think I'm joking in here? You think I'm playing? Tell me, a makhluqun aw ghayru makhluq. Is it, is Quran, is it created or not? That's what I want to know and forget all what you're saying. Because when you told the Imam, aqulu ma qala Allah, I say exactly that which is in Quran. Wa in ahadun min al-mushrikeen astajaraka fa'ajirhu hatta yasma'a kalam Allah. So you substantiated that with a proof that whenever a person seeks an asylum from you, Grant him that until he or she listens to the what? The speech of Allah. So it's Kalamullah. Allah nazzala ahsan al-hadithi kitabam mutashabiha. So it's the speech of Allah. So he proved with Quran, not with some, something else. Yeah. See, those who are speaking, they're talking about scholars before they quote Quran. Because if you pull it from Quran, you have no proofs. But how many scholars you have around the world? So if I come and see scholars such and such said, I may send people in like, a, in, in like a wild, like jungle. But if I say Quran said, you know, I can grab that book. So always when people try to send people into darkness, they begin scholar, they scholar, that, and they do not go back to the source. So when he asked him, a makhluqun aw ghayru makhluq, is it created or not? You know what he said? Abu Musir, the Imam, he said to the Khalifa, Ma yaqulu Amirul Mu'mineen. What is the opinion of Amirul Mu'mineen? <laughs> now, now, now he's asking. You know, you're asking me? Okay, I'm asking you. Ma yaqulu Amirul Mu'mineen. What is the opinion of Amirul Mu'mineen? Then Al-Ma'moon, the Khalifa, he said, Makhluq is created. You know what the Imam asks next? He said, Yusnidu al Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Is it something that you have ascended to Rasulillah? So you, Khalifa, understand that and I respect you. But when it comes to the deen here, you're in authority. The one who speaks authoritatively is a Nabi. So being Khalifa, I respect you. But I ain't shivering. I am bowing down. So I understand that and I respect you. But what you said, شَيْءٌ تُسْنِدُهُ إِلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Do you have isnad in that? Al-Isnadu min al-Din, like Ibn al-Mubarak said, Imam al-Nawawi mentioned this at the very beginning of his sharh of Imam uh, of Sahih Muslim. Do you have a proof from hadith that Quran is makhluq? Because if you have a hadith, well, I accept it because the one unto whom Quran was revealed, if he said it's makhluq, then I will also what? I will also say it. But do you have a hadith? He said, no, I don't. Okay. What? 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 Do you have anything from Qur'an that proves that? He said, no, I don't. Okay, so where did you get that from the Imam asked? He said, bin nadhr. You know, it's through my own, you know, um, intelligence and logic. I discovered that Qur'an is what? It's created. And it's not the speech of Allah. Then the Imam said to him, Abu Musir Abdul A'la, he said to the Khalifa, Ana ma'al. 
مع السواد الأعظم I'm with the جمهور of علماء I'm with the majority of scholars أقول ما قالوا I say what they said and I believe in what they believed in because they have proofs and they have evidences that is Quran is kalam Allah that's what he said right so when he finished he asked him okay we're done with that you refused Quran to be what to be makhluq okay let's move on هل اقتتن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم is the prophet or was the prophet circumcised the imam said I don't know لا أعلم and then he asked him okay well أكان يشهد إذا زوج أو تزوج did he used to bring like shuhud and people to witness his marriage whenever he gets married he said لم يبلغني في هذا شيء I don't have any proof in this the imam looked at him and like, I, I, I thought you said this is the most educated person. You just brought me someone who is like a regular human being. He doesn't even know what I'm talking and what I'm asking. Why? Because the imam did not want to speak without a proof. And this is someone that is well-grounded, scholar of knowledge, a person of ilm, not a student of knowledge, a scholar. Yeah. Imam of a'imma, like Bukhari and Muslim. That's what he said, with the what? with the Khalifa. So when it comes to Quran, we can't speak except we have a proof from Quran and a proof from Sunnah. That's the first thing that we should look at. Forget Imams, forget um, Ulama. You have to begin with Quran and, and Sunnah. If something is not clear, then go to the Imams and Ulama to explain to us what is it that Quran said. But we put Quran on its side. And all what we're talking about, I bring Sheikh, you bring Sheikh, he brings Sheikh and bring What's the purpose of this too then? That's why they always return to that. You see, you feel what I'm saying? So Quran is being preserved. It's something people casting doubt. It's not a new thing. So Sheikh Subhanallah, just to go over that again, Subhanallah. So as you said, this is not a new thing. You know, the, the, I mean, you're saying this is um, a, a Sheikh of uh, you know, Muslims. So this is very early. Very early. And uh, so this has been something that's been, been happening for a long time. Right. Throughout time, people have been coming with doubts, you know, to try to... Why, why, what is the kind of motivation behind that? Mm. You know, when it comes to um, Quran, they say, وَإِنِّي وَإِن كُنْتُ الْأَخِيرَ زَمَانُهُ لَآتٍ بِمَا لَمْ تَسْتَطِعُهُ الْأَوَائِلُ Although if I'm of the latter generation, if I want to be popular, I should say that which nobody had said before. So if in my town, in my town, town and time, this had happened before and people had forgotten. So if I want to reach that level, let me bring that which nobody had said. Then I will be like Tupac. You know, all eyes on me. You feel me? You know, all eyes on me. That type of thing. And that's why you see people who want to gain popularity and they begin to speak. The most important, you cannot gain popularity by speaking about something that is irrelevant and people don't even know about. So you have to choose the most important subject that everybody knows about to speak about and to bring that which is not known to people. And what can you find other than Quran? <laughs> like, is there anything like Quran? So if you bring to talk about Quran or to talk about a Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, whoa, hold on a minute. Either people will say, okay, let's listen. Now everybody will like to know what you had to say. Everybody will like to be behind you. And then people will be divided. Those who have taken things to be like personal business and others know it's about the religion. And then they will begin clashing. And then you gain your own platform. And then you begin... See, if you cannot get something and it's too hard for you to grab it, bite it. If you can't get this tight, ask Tyson. He will tell you what happened in 96 between him and Ivan the Holyfield. Holyfield, you've been heading him and heading him. He said, okay, I get your ears. You know, he beat the first one and he can beat the other one. Two, both of them. So if you cannot get it, bite it. So when people begin to speak about Quran and say things like that, now, the Tupac aspect gets on them. Everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to be behind. So that's what people go for the most part. I mean, we, we see this on smaller scales as well, especially with social media. Mm -hmm. It's all about being controversial. Right. 
you know, you know, people are interested in fitna, basically. Exactly. That's what kind of spreads like wildfire. That's you it. Know, it's just like, in order to get popular, you know, people are interested in the, in just the basic subject. They want to see controversy. You know, you know that that's normal. That's, uh, if, if if if, have you seen any news channel that doesn't bring um, new things every day? If they continue to talk about nice things, who will watch their channels? Just bring something that nobody knows about. Bring problems. Okay, what had happened? Who, uh, whose country um, had been bombed? Who is being killed? Things that are, you know, unusual. That's the first thing. If you bring this to the table, people will listen to Why do you think Connor gained all the popularity in the world of UFC? Because of things that you say. Nobody says that. So he's bringing what? Extra millions to the UFC. So if you want to fight him, you have to you just say some trash thing that nobody says. So although he had, he had been whipped by Khabib, whipped by Ponye and so many, yet when it comes to his pocket, he get more bread than them. He get more, you know, um, cheese than them. Why? Because he's saying things that nobody says. Sheikh, you mentioned um, you mentioned Isnad. Mm -hmm. Now, some people who are watching may not be familiar with what, what this is. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you look at you know Christianity or Judaism, their kind of books are based on printed copies, mm -hmm. whereas the Quran has the Isnad system. Maybe you can just kind of share some of you know to the audience who don't understand exactly how the Quran has been preserved okay you know the method of that okay so now to begin when we say isnad it's a must it's from asnada yusnidu isnad and you see now i'm sitting this way when i recline this way in arabic linguistically we say asnada zahrahu he had isnalized his back to this cushion so that means I'm relying on this. Mm. If somebody remove it, I would fall. Yes. That's what is. That's the system of isnad. That means what you know, you have somebody that you rely on. Yeah. You rely upon his knowledge. If he is no longer there, you fall. Mm -hmm. So isnad is chain of transmission. Um, transmission from imam to another. Mm. That if this imam is not there. And you say that you learn from somebody who is behind him, your report is rejected. Because your isnad is not there. So that chain is like chain. That if you break it, this will go, this will go. It's not going to be connected. So when we say isnad, it's a chain. It's basically number of men. When we say men, we're not talking gender, meaning number of people in a chain. That this person related from this and this took from this and this took from this all the way to the origin of that statement. So for instance, if I say I heard in the signs of Quran, my Quran shall be rejected because who did I hear from? I didn't mention. So I'm not a trustworthy individual because I said I heard. I have to mention his name for people to see is he worthy, qualified educated where he get that from but if you say i heard now this is ambiguous likewise if you say i have been told who tell you or if you say i re i receive this from someone that i trust you have to mention his name because he may not be trustworthy to the other imams so the isnad system is very hard more than what people think and the more you learn the more you get to know that whoa this is not a joke yeah. it's not like people usually say that you know in bukhari how can we just take um, a hadith like that we will get to hadith i don't want to jump from quran to hadith so now let's begin with quran quran is the speech of allah quran is the speech of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he spoke the words Jibreel heard and he brought it down by Allah's permission. The hadith in Bukhari. إِذَا تَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ بِالْوَحِي سُمِعَ لِلْسَّمَاءِ رَجْفَةِ When Allah speaks with wahi, divine revelation, the angels and all that in the heavens swoon in the state of unconsciousness. 
all, not even one, everybody in the state of unconsciousness. The first one to rise will be Jibreel and he will hear what Allah says. Then he will bring it down to the Prophet ﷺ with Allah's what? Command. And then he will recite. Whenever Jibreel is reciting to uh, Rasulullah the Prophet was asked the hadith in Bukhari that how is it when Jibreel is reciting Quran as part of revelation, how do you perceive it? He said, I listen to thee, like when he begins to recite, it's like a ringing of a bell next to my ears. Now, if a person is ringing a bell next to your ears, will you hear any sound other than that? So this takes place so that he is not focused except on that which is being revealed. He grabs it, no any, you know, external or internal disturbance or turbulence. He is listening directly to Jibreel and then he will memorize. So this is the first senet from Allah to Jibreel. Jibreel to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the following seven. Uthman ibn Affan, Ali ibn Abi Talib, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Ubay ibn Ka'b, Abu Darda, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, radiyallahu anhum ajma'een, and then you have Ali. So we mentioned the number one once again. The first, Uthman ibn Affan. Second, Ali ibn Abi Talib. Third, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Fourth, Ubay ibn Ka'ab. Fifth, Zayd ibn Thabit. And then you have Abu Musa al-Ash'ari and Abu Darda. How many? Seven. Imam al-Zahabi said, فَهَأُولَاءِ عَلَيْهِمْ دَارَتْ أَسَانِيدُ الْقِرَاءَ فَهَأُولَاءِ هُمُ الَّذِينَ بَلَغَنَا عَنْهُمْ أَنَّهُمْ عَرَضُوا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ These were the people and individuals that it has reached us. That they were the individuals who had memorized Qur'an during the time of Rasulullah or had presented Qur'an. They listened to his Qur'an and recited back for correction and they learned directly from him. How many? Seven. Those seven are the scholars of Qira'ah. Now some people, that's where they get confused. Why is it that we say the Qira'ah of Nafi' al-Madani, Ibn Kathir, al-Makki, Abu Amr, al-Basri, Ibn Amir, Al-Shami, Asim, Al-Najudi, Hamza, Al-Kufi, Ali, Al-Kisai, Abu Ja'far, Al-Madani, Ya'qub, Al-Hadrami, and Khalaf, Al-Dimashqi, or Khalaf, Al-Bazzari, Rahimahullahu, Tabarak wa Ta'ala, wa Radiyallahu Anum. Why do we say this ten? This ten that you know, their qira'a and isnad returned back to the seven. Because the seven are at tabaqatul ula. They are in different grades and class. When it comes to Quran and Qira'ah, the scholars of Qira'ah, they are not of the same class or the same categories. It's just like, some, for, for instance, when you graduate, they say the class of 2015, the class of 2020, the class of 2010. So Qira'ah like that. The first class or the first tabaqa, they are called tabaqa levels. The first tabaqa are the tabaqa that we just mentioned. And then you have the second tabaqa, tabaqa number two. So the tabaqa number one, the first tabaqa, we just mentioned them, right? The second tabaqa, they are the students of the first. Abu, Abu Huraira, Abdul Rahman ibn Sakhr al-Dawsi, Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiyallahu an al-Hashimi. You have Zir ibn Hubaysh. You have uh, Abu Abdul Rahman. Sulami, Rahimahullah, and then you have um, the student of Ubay ibn Ka'b, you have Abdullah ibn Sa'ib, and you have Dirbaz, and you have Abdullah ibn Ayyash. All of these they learn from the first. So that's the student of the first tabaqa, the first class. And then you have the third class. In the third class, you have the student of the second, and they are. Namely, like we begin, Yahya ibn Wathab, you have Imam uh, Abdullah ibn Kathir, you have Imam Abdullah ibn Amir, 
you have um, the student of the imams of the second like Mujahid, you have like Saeed ibn Jubair, they're the student of the second. And then this taught the next, which is tabaqa number four. And in tabaqa number four, you have some of those in tabaqa number three because they were between the last gap. So cross over. And you have Sulaiman ibn Mihran or Muhran, known as Al-A'mash. And then you have um, the, the student. You have like Abu Amr al-Basri. You have the student, just like Imam uh, Rahimahullah al-Qustantin. Al-Qist Rahimahullah ta'ala. And then you have um, Hamza ibn Habib al-Zayyat. And then you have... <coughs> Abu Ja'far and some said it's from the second tabaqa because he had both generation and then you have Nafi' um, Rahimahullah Abdurrahman and you have Shaybah ibn, um, ibn Nisah and you have Abdurrahman ibn Hurmuz Al-A'raj and then you have Imam Isa ibn Mina and then you have Ibn Jamaz and then you have Ibn Wardan and then you have Rawh and then you have Abu Mutawakkil and then you have Khalaf you have them coming so all of these Imams that you have from Tabaq Al-Ula Al-Thaniya Al-Thalitha Al-Rabi'ah chain being transmitted until we have Quran inked and written and also passed on, that's when, when it gets, because before, ilm used to be passed from heart to heart. Yeah. They did not used to write that down. Yeah. They did not used to ink it. When they compiled Quran, they used to memorize it. And you know, Allah had blessed us as Muslims with the power of memorization to preserve Quran. You bring a hafiz from China, hafiz from America, hafiz from England, hafiz from Ghana, hafiz from Ecuador, hafiz from uh, you know, um, New Mexico, where all around the world they never met. If you ask this person recite from Alif Lam Mim Ra, you ask a person continue, you have it, they never met, they will bring it to you like that because it's memorized. Likewise, the science of Qiraat. If you have someone who knows what I'm saying, they will say the same thing. They will not, all what they will do, if they don't add, they will not dismiss this. You can't dismiss it. Yeah. And if a person tries, let him try. You can't dismiss it unless you add to that. Why? Because that's how the chain is what is transmitted. And we have some individuals, even nowadays, and they are youth, well-educated, well-grounded in Quran. If you go like, and you know, we talked about Somali, uh, you know, um, scholars and kids, how Allah blessed them with Quran. And, you know, like they, they had this um, young Hafiz, um, our friend, uh, Sheikh Faisal Amin. When you looked at him, he doesn't even look like he memorized even from Amma to Nas, but he is grounded and he is grounded in Quran and Qiraat. Well grounded. And those in the States and those in, in, in America, we hope and pray they can learn from some individuals like him. And you have also um, our brother, Sheikh Rashid, he's in um, New York, helping the students. You have Sheikh Asusi. He's a student along with Sheikh Abdul, um, Sheikh Abdul Rashid Ali Sufi, both of them from the same level. He's also in Ohio. The last time I met him, um, he's also there. And then you have uh, so many. Allah had blessed with Quran. So this is how Quran came from tabaqa to tabaqa to tabaqa to tabaqa. So now before I know you have a lot to ask, but let me drop this real quick. So do you mean to tell me? That when you begin to speak about Quran and to talk about Quran and what you have to share with the masses concerning Quran, what I, the names that we just learned and the individuals from Sahaba and their student and their student and the student of the student, all the way to and all these imams that I mentioned, by the way, they were not only scholars of Quran. They were scholars of hadith, scholars of nahu, scholars of, you know, they, some of them were mathematicians, some of them were doctors, some of, just name it. So they were not just regular individuals, that's all what they, Allah had blessed them with so much, and that's what they transmitted. So now when a person begins to talk about Quran and begins to cast doubt, for the most part, he will not get to those whom I just mentioned from Tabaqatul Ula, he can't find it. What they may tell you is that, um, uh, Ubay ibn Ka'ab, he even got some doubt in his chest until the Prophet wasallam, you know, you know um, struck his heart or his chest just to wake him up because he himself doubted at the beginning. Let me ask you something. As a student of science right now, if you just sit down and begin to listen to someone like O'Neill deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist in America, you know, in our nation right now, someone who is blessed to know as astrophysicist who is well equipped for the 
the first time you listen to me about the universe, wouldn't that be mind blowing? Mm. And what you, even Alex Filipinko of the astronauts of our nation. And then you go to New York, you ask Laura about this universe. When you talk about solar system, when you talk about Oat Cloud, when you talk about Dubai, not Dubai, Dubai, when you talk about viewers, Canis Majoris, when you talk about Betelgeuse and all these massive celestial and astronomical bodies and you drop it on someone for the first time or even second or 15th time, they will get confused, wouldn't they? Yeah. So that's how it is. At the very beginning, you learn Qur'an and the same verse, somebody else is reading, reading it differently. Wouldn't you be in doubt? So if you are in doubt and you remain with that doubt and you want that doubt removed, who is the best person to go to? Someone above you, right? So he went to the Prophet وسلم, and when the Prophet clarified that, that doubt came out. But the problem is with us today, if a person is in doubt because we believe that we are so educated and sophisticated that we can even find our own answers, find answers to our own doubts. But when we fall sick, we don't even find our own medicine. We go to the hospital. So spiritually, you can't heal yourself if you do not understand certain things. You return back to the people of the field and learn. Is it Maghrib? No, we can go about 15 minutes. About 15 minutes. 10 so minutes. Uh, 10 minutes? So this is how it is with Isnad. So all what people will be saying and talking about. Now, if you bring something from the first seven that we mentioned, those from whom Quran was received and trans transmitted among the Sahaba. Now, if you come and tell me that Ubay ibn Ka'b said something of what you're saying today and you back it up with um, cogent proof and also textual evidences, I say, well and good, come on, let's, let's discuss that. If you get that from Ubay ibn Ka'b, I say, well, come on, let's talk about that. If you get it from Imam, like Ali ibn Abi Talib, well, come, let's talk about that. If you get it from Imam Abu Darda, well, come, let's talk. Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, let's talk. Those were the individuals who learned, and they did not learn just recitation of Quran. And by the way, this Quran is a science. Often people think different methods and different ways of reciting. That is the only science of Quran. This is a branch. Quran is way, the science of Quran is beyond that. It's way beyond that. Often when people, and you know, the, alhamdulillah that you brought this, you will um, actually help for us to discuss this. I tell you what, I hope and pray because alhamdulillah Allah had blessed us. The United States, we're the champions of Quran today. We go to Dubai, the young boys, they, they bring the trophy. Back to back. The place where people call Kafir land, now we're the champions of Quran. Isn't that worthy of Allah? That's America. That's America. You see the young kids? Young kids born and raised. In the land where people call the Kafir land, we're the champions of Quran nowadays in the world. Winning, bringing the trophy. You, they go, the Saudi boys, they behind. The Saudi boys, they behind. The Moroccan boys, they behind. The trophy is coming back to the land of Trump, the land of Biden, and the land, the land of George Washington. This is to prove that this Quran, is, it, it doesn't know color. It doesn't know country. Although it was revealed in Mecca, but nowadays the trophy has come and the baton is in the United States. To tell us that, although what people are casting as doubts, our boys, they're already securing that. And on the top of that, what I would like to say is that these young folks, not to stick only to just memor memorizing Quran and memorization of it. It's a virtuous act. However, Understanding Quran and its application is much more important than its memorization. And this is what we have to, you know, build ourselves. That's our next step. That I call the students and our brothers and our sisters. Alhamdulillah, Allah blessed you with Quran. The next step is to understand. Learn enough Arabic. I won't say to have masters in it. No, to master Arabic. You, you, in the 21st century, people, people can actually have masters without mastering anything. Mm. You can buy masters and you did not master anything yet. 
So when talking about to have masters in Arabic, we say master the language to really understand because this is kalamullah, it's a communication between Allah and his bound men and slaves. And once you get that, students are nowadays memorizing shatibiyah, which is a great thing because it allows you to unlock a lot of things. However, I tell all the students and the young folks and those who had graduated and those who are yet to graduate, don't just memorize shatibiyah and don't understand it you will get lost. Understand, because it's very intricate and very sophisticated, you know, metin and text. And once you finish with the science of Qira'at, back to back, all the way to get to the science of Ar-Rasm, how Qur'an was written, miraculously. The way Sahaba wrote Qur'an, the way they wrote Qur'an and the type of script that they used, then it's not how we write Arabic today. The words, if you learn how to write you know, in Arabic, that's not exactly how the Quran is written. It has its own signs. And Imam Abu Amr al-Dani, he wrote a book, Muqni'ah. You know, when it comes to that science, and then Ilmu Adil Ayah, how Quran that is numbered, another science by itself. So Quran is, is Quran is beyond. If you say Quran is like ocean, that is the knowledge. Do you know what Imam Al-Qahtani said? He said, Quran is the nur of Allah, the knowledge of Allah, the precept of Allah, the law of Allah, the universal constitution of Allah. So do you think it's enough when you memorize it and do you understand it? So when he says, huwa ilmuhu, huwa nuruhu, huwa ilmuhu, huwa nuruhu, he's talking about the Quran is the nur of Allah, is the ilm of Allah. Now, if this is the ilm of Allah, do you have an end for it? Can you gauge in the knowledge of Allah? That's Quran. So Quran is beyond what people talking. So those who are talking about Jannah, I tell you what, it's just a period of time, very ephemeral. A time will come, they will be quiet. Whether they like it or not, where is Al-Ma'moon, the Khalifa? Gone. The knowledge of Abu, Abu, Abu Mushir, Abdul A'la, Sheikh of Muslim is still available. We're learning where the Khalifa? Gone. People don't even know his own madhab. Or people, when, when we say they don't know the, his madhab, they know it, but they don't even hold it anymore. So what people are talking about, pulling from scholars, all I can guarantee you, if a person can bring a verse, Quran consists of 6,226 verses, arguably. If there's an ayah from Quran that a person can say, this is what we can prove that Quran should be doubted because of this verse, well, we're sitting, but I tell you what, if there's an ayah, maybe he just formulated that ayah, but it's not out of that 6,226 verses. You can't find it. And we have books of a hadith and kutub sitta, kutub tis'a, and all the isnad. Today is what? Today is what? August um, 11th? The 11th of August 2021? Okay, we're still alive. If a person can prove it, we have Quran, We've, we have a hadith. So the thing is, you know, even if you recite Quran and your intention is to confuse yourself, you will be confused. Let alone Sunnah, let alone scholars or the statement of scholars, even Quran, Almighty Subhanahu Jallat Qudratu, he stated, يُضِلُّ بِهِ كَثِيرًا وَيَهْدِي بِهِ كَثِيرًا With this book, Allah misleads so many and guides many. So even Quran itself, if your intention of reading it is to be guided, you will be guided. And if it is just to have a red pen and bring that this. And by the way, do you know when we talked about Quran and the doubts that people are casting, they were, there are some verses in Quran that scholars of Nahu themselves doubted. We're talking about heavyweights. Beyond the heavyweight, we ain't talking about like the welterweight type. We ain't talking about those that are walking and trying to pave their way to, you know, pay-per-view. No, we ain't talking about, we're talking about those who are beyond the heavyweight. Champion of Quran, some of them even doubted certain places and they say linguistically and through Nahu, this is not accurate. And then later on, those who actually were equipped came and they rebuttaled those statements. Among them, we have Imam Al-Akhfash, Al-Akbar and Al-Asghar. They came in Pakistan for Maghrib. Shaykh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to take a break for Maghrib, inshallah. Okay. You know, but at the, we need to come back to this.
We need to come back because I, I can tell you're. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you need to roll the camera. You, you've got a lot to say on this topic, and it, it's very relevant and very important. Uh, you know, at the moment, uh-huh. you know, because ultimately, you know, when people have iman and trust in the Quran, their love is going to grow as well. No, that's true. And when they're going to realize the importance. Having that connection and relationship with the Quran. That's, that's the true. ultimate goal. That's true. So, Sheikh, uh, sorry to <laughs> cut you, but no you problem. Know, we have to go and uh, pray Salah. Okay. It's going to be Maghrib very shortly. Okay, inshallah. for the Salah, and we'll be back for part two. Inshallah. The preservation of the Quran. <laughs> inshallah. Inshallah. Hopefully, we can also get onto the preservation of the Sunnah. Inshallah. No problem. Barakallahu feeku. Wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. إنك لا تهدي من أحببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء